What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here from Fantasy Alarm on Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Adam? How's everything going? Well, today must have been a disaster for you um, for the NBA, right? Like All-Star Games coming up, which means that everybody's taking the night off tonight. Um, how did you manage to do as far as writing up props today? Yeah, it was tough because I knew that there were going to be a lot of values on props that were I wasn't able to write up because they weren't available. So, you know, didn't I didn't see any Lakers props because LeBron James is out. Right. Uh, Dallas props weren't out because uh, Luka Doncic was listed as doubtful. Eventually he was ruled out. So, yeah, a lot of guys with any type of injury or an opportunity to get guys rest. It seems like that's happening. Jeremy Grant didn't play for Detroit. Evan Fournier, I think, has a legit injury. Uh, Toronto, obviously, dealing with a whole COVID situation. I was able to write up one of the props, Norman Powell, over 29 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. And in the first half, he has a total of 26. So uh, I'm assuming he should have hit that because uh, <laughs> they're only down. They're down actually nine. It's crazy. So the total on this game was 211. They have 129 points at halftime. So if you took the under on that, uh, you might as well just uh, give up that bet. It's pretty much done. But yeah, one of those wild nights. And I'm sure the same thing is going to happen tomorrow because there's, uh, I believe, 10 games tomorrow, too, uh, meaning Thursday. Uh, before the all-star break so uh, oh really yeah. oh i thought thursday marked the all-star break i thought tonight oh. was the the night before oh jesus so you got to deal with this crap tomorrow too yeah and i i have to get it done before my labor draft starts so i'll just have to do whatever i have at that time that's right you're in the labor auction on thursday i'm on the broadcast for that so that ought to be fun that ought to be fun um, are you um, are you totally locked in right now on uh, James Harden's return to Houston? Yeah, I have it on. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously there were so many props you could have looked at with him tonight. Um, I thought the points total was kind of too high. So I went with his over threes, three over three and a half threes. Uh, he's got one in the first quarter. So he's only taking three shots from the field. Uh, so it's not like he's trying to hog the ball and go crazy. But uh, he's got five points, four rebounds, three assists to steal in the first half, two or three from the field. So pretty balanced scoring. It started off kind of slow. And all of a sudden, there's 57 points total at the end of the first quarter. So yeah, <laughs> Rockets have just been playing bad. But I'm pretty sure they're they're pumped for this game, even though Eric Gordon is out. It looks like, yeah, they're, they're kind of shorthanded here. David Nawaba, surgery. So they're, they're kind of shorthanded. So it's uh, John Wall is the one who's actually going crazy. He's taking 12 shots already. He's got 12 points, three assists in the first quarter. But the Rockets uh, come into this game having lost 12 in a row. Do the Nets have a, do they have a, a game tomorrow also? Are they on a back-to-back? No. Uh, I believe, let me see, double-check. I believe they're off. Oh, I know they're the, off tomorrow. What the is Raptors, the, uh, the, the over-under? What's the over-under on uh, on women bedded tonight by James Harden? Oh, it's going to be a ton. That's what he does. I mean, is it, are we talking double digits just for the night? Nah. I think it's going to be that crazy. He had a game tonight, you know? So he'll have the All-Star break to take care of that. Does he spend the entire All-Star break in Houston revisiting old, old friends? <laughs> well, the All-Star game's in Atlanta. Oh, he's going to the All-Star game? Okay. Yeah, of course. 
I thought he would just kind of take it easy on himself. Oh, Atlanta. So everybody's getting uh, Lou Williams lemon pepper wings. Probably, yeah. So everybody's going to get COVID, VD, uh, gonorrhea, and lemon pepper wings this weekend. Yep, should be a fun weekend. <laughs> Adam, why are, why are we not doing this broadcast on remote from Atlanta right now? Uh, I should ask you that. I would have been down to go. You know, if you had said, you know, do you think wager alarm or fantasy alarm would pay for, you know, uh, an on, you know, like a, a on on location coverage of the NBA All Star Game, man. I mean, I, I think I would have. Uh, I think I think we would have, Adam. You should have approached us with that. It's not too late, is it? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It's too late. I mean, you're just not going to pass all the COVID tests in time. Oh, dude, we, we it's easy. We'll get it. Come on. Uh, you know, let me talk to bookkeeping and we'll see if we got a couple extra extra pennies lying around. See if we can't foot a, a room service bill from you. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So pretty much more of the same tomorrow from the NBA. Not going to have to worry too much. Um, did you play any DFS? I mean, you don't really play any DFS anymore. No, right? I haven't just played much. I still have the time. I yeah. don't have the time because I'm always, yeah, spending most of my time on that. And then, you know, a lot of times at lineup lock, I'm doing work or stuff. So, yeah, and like a night like today, I can't waste my time on that. It's just too many moving pieces, man, that you just need to stay on top of that news because so many guys ruled out. So I'm sure most people did a stars and scrub night. I'm sure Harden probably had a huge uh, ownership rate because, you know, Going back to Houston, the narrative, and he's put up big numbers every night anyway. So it's not like you're playing a narrative; uh, it just enforces it. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I, I've got, I've got in my lineup. I've got Steph Curry, uh, James Harden is in there, um, Porzingis I threw in there, um, and then you know, yeah, like you know, so really, no, no Toronto, no Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell. I've got Norman Powell in there also. Okay, yeah, because those guys are just going to see huge usage rates because they're so shorthanded and playing Detroit. Well, yep, yep. Well, that was the question I asked about using Houston. You know, pay down at center and go for a Justin Patton kind of a play. See if you can get that on the uh, on the cheaper side. But yeah, it's a total stars and scrubs uh, lineup here. And why wouldn't it be? Nevertheless, I, I probably won't win. I'm looking at, at the the guy who's leading uh, right now in our in our contest, and I mean, it's just silly, just silly. You know, you gotta love a a four point one percent Dennis Smith, uh, absolutely killing it right now. Yeah, to, uh, Jeremy Grant was out for Detroit too, so that opened up a lot of usage. And uh, Toronto again, very shorthanded. I mean, three starters out, coaching staff out. Uh, I don't know why the NBA had them play these two days because they canceled Tuesday, moved it to Wednesday, and then they have another game tomorrow. Like you have the all-star break coming up and I know you did the second half schedule, but like, why are they being penalized for? I mean, the Spurs had like a week off recently. I guess they said, all right, well, the Raptors have just enough to play. I don't know. Didn't make sense to me. They should have just pushed those games till after the all-star break. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's, uh, you know, one of those things. I mean, we see it in the in the in the leagues all the time. You know, we just saw NFL didn't want to have to like move stuff around, and they well, did. It, it's more difficult for them. They right. didn't want to play that extra week. The NBA well, we has time. That. 
Right. We're seeing that with hockey. We're seeing we're going to see it with baseball. I'm sure we'll see it with baseball again. Yeah, baseball is going to be a problem. Right. <laughs> Woe is us. Oh, unreal. Um, so I got to give uh, before we uh, we start talking about our uh, our drafts um, and the lack of progress therein. Uh, I'm going to say hi to our sponsor here, uh, Monkey Knife. But before I do, I got to give a shout out to uh, uh, a kid by the name of Hutchinson Brown uh, at TYFMNFL on the old Twitter machine. So good friend of mine, Adam, uh, from years and years ago, his 14-year-old son uh, fell in love with fantasy football and wants in as, a, as an analyst. So he's like set himself up, you know, he's on social media um, setting himself up for a, a podcast for the first time. And, um, lo and behold, uh, you know, he tweeted something out. I piggy, you know, I piggybacked it and I tweeted it out and long story short, the guys from club fantasy football, uh, that podcast football podcast, they, uh, they hit him up and they were like 14 getting started right now. We got to have you on the show. And so he's doing, he's making his debut there for, uh, for club fantasy football, uh, you guys can check them out on the old Twitter machine. The name of the show is called No Punt Intended. And Hutchinson Brown. Gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. It's like that uh, kid Jordan Eisen, you know, the uh, the baseball analyst. Um, what is it? Field of Vision Sports on Twitter. Uh, 16 years old. He's in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational this year. Yeah, social media definitely helps people in today's environment to get that path realized for them. Could you imagine if grinders like us had these kind of avenues like so wide open? I know. It's amazing. <laughs> like we're sitting there like watching Matthew Barry get the one opportunity from from ESPN, <laughs> right? Like that's when we were like trying to break in as as fantasy analysts is watching him go from the talented Mr. Roto to to ESPN when the internet blew everything up in the late 90s. But it's just it's so funny to see right now the uh, just the the opportunities like for anybody just starting off. It takes nothing to build your own website right now. And it takes I mean, obviously, interactive websites are a different story, but to set up your own blog, to set up your own podcast, to video your own podcast. I mean, it's it's a grind to put it out there every single day and to, you know, to get noticed in this industry, especially now while it's, you know, so super saturated. Um, but yeah, to see all of these, uh, these possibilities and these opportunities open up, uh, I love seeing the kids jumping out on this one, man. It makes me, makes me feel old as shit. I'll tell you that. Well, you are. So I'm really not that much older than nine, you, Adam, like 10 years, bro. The, uh, eight, nine, 10. It's kind of a decent wait, amount. Wait, wait, how old are you? 42. 42. All right. So yeah, eight years, dude. Eight years is nothing. Okay. Eight years is nothing. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, if I'm a if I'm a, a female at 10 years old and 18 year old Adam is eyeballing me, well, then, yeah, that's creepy and that's problematic. But I mean, 28 year old Adam, you're not looking at a 20 year old girl. Hmm? Come on. Oh, I would. So there you go. Eight years is nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. OK. Means you're <laughs> old as fuck, dude. Nah, <laughs> I feel young. So that's all that matters. And do you women, feel young? I do. And the women think that I'm younger than I am, too. So that's always good. You, you know why you feel young? I'll tell you exactly why. Because you don't have any kids. And you're uh, not married. 
Well, definitely. I heard that takes a lot of years off your life. It takes a ton of years off your life, dude. I'm not going to lie. I mean, listen, I love my wife. My wife's my best friend. We get along unbelievably. People look at our relationship and wish they had what we had with a little bit more money. You'd like to have a little bit more money. But like that's, you know, and that's truth right there. But, oh, dude, if you don't still think it's a fucking grind every goddamn day. I know. It's a, work is enough of a grind. I don't need that from a woman. Oh, and can you imagine kids sucking the life out of you oh, like that? Dude, I don't know how people do it, man. I don't get it either. Like, you know, what? I don't I don't want to be so old that I'm going to need a, to have a kid who's going to take care of me when I'm in my old age. Let's just put a put an end to that. But, you know, I mean, my God, dude, the, the 18 years of like raising this child, being responsible for this kid in this fucking world. No way, dude. Nuh-uh. Can't do it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's why you feel young. You feel young because you don't have kids. You're, when your mom was your age, she had kids. You were there. Yeah, I mean, it's also. I think it's also a mentality, too. You know, um, a lot of things in life is mentality. So I just have the mentality, and I, I still have that energy, and I'm still – you know, active and things. So I think that's part of it too. But yeah, those factors do uh, take a toll on people. Um, but hey, I don't want to hear people complaining. You guys made those decisions. No one forced you to get married. No one forced you to have kids. You guys did that yourself. So don't use it as an excuse. Because that's what I, I remember someone said that like, oh, you you do well in fantasy because you're not married. You have no kids. I, I have kids. I'm like, fuck you, bro. I didn't tell you to have kids. Don't use that as an excuse. If you're going to fucking jump in the arena, I don't want to hear excuses. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't make those excuses. Everyone has their own situation. That doesn't mean you can use that as a crutch. If you feel your kids take up so much time that you can't do well fantasy, get the fuck out of the league. Yeah, I don't for real. I don't want to hear excuses, man. I can't stand that, man. Like someone really said that. Well, yeah, you do well because you don't have kids. What does that have to do with it? Because I put in work. All right, fine. You have kids. They go to fucking sleep. What nine ten o'clock? Put in the work after. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's if that's gonna prevent you from doing well in this industry, then maybe you shouldn't be in this industry. I just don't want to hear excuses, man, and reasons why I do well. Like, that has nothing to do with it. Well, I don't. It's not like I'm one of those people that doesn't date. I deal with a lot of women. Well, gotta be careful who's listening. But yeah, you know, I deal with women, <laughs> and it takes up time. So it's not like I'm not involved. It's just I don't have the lifelong commitment right now with kids and all that stuff but i just don't don't use those things as an excuse again it goes back to something we mentioned yesterday where people you know always want to blame things on other situations or people it's like no you signed up for this if you don't have the time and it's going to limit your ability to reach your peak don't play in the league simple because i don't want to hear the excuses I don't want to hear the excuses either. I, you know, again, I listen, I deal with that in all aspects of, of the world. You know, uh, that's something I see in, in like the workforce nowadays where people are like, you know, the, letting the personal life affect the work performance. And, and you start seeing that happen. And, you know, somebody's always got an excuse. Oh, well, you know, my, you know. My my personal life, I had to deal with this. I had to deal with that. Yeah, we all have shit to do. Dude, did you, mean I, that you I don't, just, I just get the job done. I just saw this today. Did you see the shit Damian Lillard is going through? And no one knew about it. 
and he's going out there and balling. And the last 18 months, he um, found the dead body of his cousin and personal chef. His aunt died from cancer. A family friend died of COVID-19. And his cousin was killed in West Oakland. And then last Thursday before the Lakers game, he learned of the shooting deaths of two people in his inner circle. And, and he, he goes out and he balls every night. Right. And he, doesn't, and he doesn't bitch about it. No, this just happened to be an interview that was revealed um, on Tuesday. And he just, I guess it came up and he said, yeah, it's been a hard year and a half for his family. People have no idea. And, you know, he just goes out there and look, it, it's got to be tough. I don't care who you are. That stuff's got to affect you in your job. There's no doubt. We've all been through those situations, but you have to kind of get through it. I mean, Look, our job is not difficult. I'm not saying that. But there are days, I'm sure this happened to you, we're on radio. We feel like shit. We're not in the mood. You got to go out there and entertain for those two hours. You got to suck it up and find a way to get through it. No one wants to hear a mopey, miserable person on the radio, right? You got to <laughs> suck it up and get through it. You know, <laughs> you know there, there's so it happens to all of us. And again, I, I feel like, you know, I my life is not difficult compared to a lot of people. So I'm not complaining at all, but there are days you just like, I just don't have the energy. I don't want to do this, but you got to fight through it. And, you know, just reading this thing about Lillard, I was like, Holy shit, man. Like this, this is a lot to deal with anyone. Um, he said, I could be 45. He's 30. He's like, I've done and been seen and been around so much. So, and this guy's having an all-star year. I think he should have been starting in the all-star game. He didn't get voted in, but yeah. Um, he said he's um, he's not like he's physically tired, but he's emotionally drained and uh, just tough. So, yeah, I mean, no, and no one knew this stuff and you would have never known by watching him play. So it sucks. Everyone goes to tough situations in life at some point. But when you have a job to do, you're going to have to fight through it and put it aside. Yeah, listen, I um, <laughs> I mean, I grew up behind a bar, right? I mean, you stand there, you tend bar. It's the same thing. Nobody wants to listen to a mopey podcast. Nobody wants to listen to a mopey broadcast. So you got to leave your shit at the door. And I spent my, you know, it's funny. My wife thinks I'm a sociopath. I'm like I said, I just spent, you know, a lifetime just eating my feelings because, you know, nobody wants to see some bartender behind the bar just pissing and moaning about how miserable the world is or how miserable his life is or anything like that, man. You got to like... Put your shit aside. I've always, it's been one of those, like, it's like being on stage. Yeah, being no, on stage. Exactly, bro. You described it perfectly. It's, you know, there's days where you kind of have to act. Look, most of the time, and I'm sure it's the same way with you, and I've told people this, just be yourself. There's going to be people who like you that people don't know, but be yourself. Don't try to be someone else. I am who you hear on radio. I'm like that. I'm sarcastic. Uh, I love the chocolate. You know, that's just who I am. Some people are going to like me. Some people are not. And I try to bring the energy every show. But I'm sure there's some days where you just, whatever reason, you don't feel well, you had a bad day, you just got to fight through it. And again, there's a lot of people who would love to be what we're doing. But I'm going to be honest, there are people who try to do it, and they're not good at it. Uh, you know, but that's another story. Uh, but yeah, I, I've learned. Ooh, come on, now, now, now I want you to dish. Now I want to know nah, who, who you're I'm talking not, about here. I'm not going to. Oh, I'm not taking nah. You've heard podcasts where people are just dead and they could have the greatest information in the world, but they sound like that's the last place they want to be. They're not entertaining. They don't have any inflection. They're just monotone. It's like, come on, man. Can someone tell him that the, the, what here? This is what you need to do. Sit down with that person and go, hey, listen to this. Play it for them. Say, hey, play your podcast back. What do you think? And if you have any perception, 
you'll be like, man, that was bad. Because I told the story what happened to me when I did that color commentary. I went back and listened to it when I was putting my demo together. I was like, holy shit, this is awful. I sound like I don't want to be there. It was a real cold day in New York, and it was color commentary on a high school baseball game. Doesn't matter, though. The people listening are like, what the fuck is wrong? This guy sounds like shit. And when I noticed that, I'm like, that shit is never happening again. So sometimes it's just simple as going back and listening. And I know Fensterman acts, Justin Fensterman would say, hey, do you go back and listen to the shows? And I go, no. But I, when I, because I've been doing this, you know, over 10 years now. Right. I mean, I should still go back. It's not to say, oh, I made it and I'm great. No, I'm sure there's still things you can improve on. Like anything, any athlete, any Hall of Famer, Kobe Bryant always looked to improve on things. So yeah, I don't have it figured out. I'm not the greatest. So maybe I should go back and figure out, okay, what was wrong this day? It's time, obviously. But when you're, just starting out, and remember, Fensterman is just kind of becoming, you know, the analyst uh, uh, host now. So for him, it makes sense. And I applaud him for doing that. I think a lot of people should do that. You should always go back because the person in charge is not always going to tell you. You might not get the feedback that you want. So go back and listen and pick up on things. Uh, so I, I, that but you got me sidetracked. I was going to say that one thing I've learned over the years is your outlook on life and on things is extremely important. I used to be a negative person where I thought if I expect the worst when it happens, I would be ready for it. And that's a terrible way to live. You got to be positive because the more positive mindset and energy you have, the more positive things will happen. And I try to do that for a lot of people when I'm talking to them and they're going through tough times. I'm always encouraging, like, no, nah, it's going to get better. Think positive because especially over the past year, it's been easy for people to be negative, right? A lot of people lost jobs, lost people, but you got to maintain that positive mindset. I got to be honest with you. I haven't heard a word you've said for the last nine minutes. It's all right. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still stuck on. I'm sarcastic, and I like the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's who I am. I'm Adam Ronis. What you see is what you get. Whether it's on the radio or in real life, I'm sarcastic, and I like the chocolate. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to talk about the sports stuff. Everyone knows that. You know, they know my sports teams. If you know me well, you know, I love sports. Like anyone who knew me growing up, like asked them like the first thing. They're like, oh, he loves sports. Diehard sports fan. So that's easy. And it's like the easiest guy too to shop for. Every girl I'm with, they buy me a Mets jersey, a cow. It's like so easy. It's like Mets, Cowboys, sports stuff, Kobe Bryant book, cologne. That's all I get. Wow, wait, 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 I gotta can you can you repeat that? I was just putting my holiday list together, so I like to try and get that early. What are my yeah. options again? Mets paraphernalia, Cowboys paraphernalia. I got a Kobe Bryant book, which that was very, very important to me because uh, you know, Kobe's my guy, and then that happened, but loved that book. But yeah, I mean it's all sports stuff, and then cologne, <laughs> which is good because uh, you know, I always can use cologne. You gotta smell good, right? You know. Got to smell good for the ladies, man. I don't know. You know, I'm, I've never been a cologne guy. Really? I, I, oh. I had a, one girlfriend, one girlfriend who tried to get me to start wearing cologne. And I was like, it's just, it's just not me. Nah, it's me, man. And like a lot of women will be like, oh, you always smell so good. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm trying to get in those pants, baby. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the cologne that they worry about there, Adam. Yes, you know what? It just it doesn't turn them off. But I think we all know that, you know, and for those of you ladies out there who are listening to this podcast, say what you want. 
Um, but it, Adam Ronis, it's it's a magic penis. I'm told. Like that's that's I, what that's what I, word on the street is. So, that's the feedback I've gotten too. So there it is. So I mean, that's just it, right there. It, does it does it have to go any further than that? No, there, I mean that helps, but you know, women want more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, most, I would think. Yeah, but that's how kids come into play, Adam. And we've oh, already had that discussion. I've Look, I've avoided kids for all this time. So I told you, I think, I don't know if I told you this one, but this girl that I started talking to, I don't know, three, four months back, she's like, a couple of times, she's like, man, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what? She's like, you're 42. You have no kids. You've never been married. Like, something's wrong with you. I'm like, what? I'm like, why? Just because you had a kid at like 19 or 20? And most people my age have kids. There means something wrong with me. Not everyone has to do what society deems as, oh, you got to get married and have kids. Nah, that's that doesn't need to be that way. And it still may happen for me. I don't know. But I'm not going to go rush into it with someone that I don't feel is right. You don't want kids now. You're, you're 42 years old. Well, by the time you get around to having a kid, you're going to be too old to pick the thing up. Nah, man, bro. You're going like to be like the old dad at Little League. Come on. Nah, it's not too late. I mean, I don't know if it'll happen. Like, look, a lot of things in life, sometimes you don't know. So, um, yes, Norman Powell hit the prop. All right, cool. At least I got one out of the bag already. <laughs> Good um, Lord, I was sweating that one. Yeah. For no time at all. <laughs> you never, dude, you don't know. Look, I caught a break yesterday. Devin Booker, I gave out his under 27 and a half points. And he was under it. And then he went on a flurry to finish the first half. Drew Phelps had texted me. He's like, damn, that Booker was prop was looking good until that late first half. I'm like, yeah, it's one of those nights. And then he goes, and then Devin Booker got ejected, bro. Two technicals. And I even tweeted out, I'm like, Look, I had Devin Booker's under points, but that was bullshit, man. Like, he got two technicals on the same play. Like, he bounced the ball to the official, and they gave him a second tech, and he got ejected and cashed the prop because of that. So, uh, sometimes you, you don't know. Like, he could have gotten hurt, you know. So, that's why I never – until it's officially in the bag, there's no celebration. So, just glad that he cashed it. Yeah, listen, you know, sometimes you got to take those dirty wins, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I got screwed on the Clippers yesterday. So <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I, and shit I, happens. And I've lost several, the, a lot of the props that I lose and people who don't believe me, go back on wageralarm.com and check. I mean, two nights ago, three losses were all by a half. <laughs> so um, it, those are the worst because it's like, oh, I was right there. If this guy would have hit a free throw, if he would have grabbed the rebound, it's better to just get dusted. You know, it's like, well, over 17 and a half points. He had eight. Oh, well. <laughs> I rather that. <laughs> uh, dude, I was in something with, with you know, I, I play online poker a bunch. And I'm sitting there in this tournament last night, and you know, you see the 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 bullshit that happens. A guy who calls who doesn't belong in the hand, hits it on the river and like, you know, fucks somebody over. And it happens to everybody. There's always somebody. We talked about this last night also. There's always somebody who's like, oh, it always happens to me. It always happens to me. Well, so I'm like sitting there and like, you know what? I, I did it to somebody. I had no business being in the hand. I was like, fuck it. I'm already pot committed. I'm just going to, you know, push them and, and see what happens. And I end up, you know, catching the, uh, the flush on the river. This dude goes bonkers in the chat. 
was fucking bullshit. You're an asshole. You're blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, you know what, dude? How many times have you done that to other people, too? Don't give me your shit. It happens all around. That's just the way it goes. Move along now, right? I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so comical. There's so many times that it's happened to me where I play the better hand that somebody like stupidly calls it. But you know what? It goes around, comes around. So I'm with you there. So you could lose your props by a half point there, a bunch of them. And then you know what? You take a dirty one every once in a while. Oh, did he get hurt? Oh, okay. Well, I had the under anyway. So big deal. Did he get tech second technical? You get thrown out of the game? Oh, too bad. I had the under. Fuck that. Who cares? A win is a win. Green is green, right? That's true. Oh, well, speaking of green and, and winning and stuff like that, I, I didn't actually give a, a pause here for our wonderful sponsors, uh, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site uh, that you should be playing on. Uh, you got with the NCAA tournament coming up, going to be a lot of great contests there with Monkey Knife Fight. But here's why you should be playing with them. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, there we go. The lights stay on, Adam. We're allowed to keep talking more. Um, let's see. Should we uh, cry more about prop bets? Should we talk about your magic penis? Or should we move on and talk about our fantasy baseball teams? Well, let's talk about the fantasy baseball teams. I appreciate you uh, not going for option B. That was making me a little uncomfortable. I got I to be honest with you. Well, we can always save that for another time. We could actually save that for another time, right? But you know what? Let me let me get back into shape and you know get some blue pills in my lap, and uh, then you know then we can have that conversation. Then then I can participate. Okay. <laughs> As it stands right now, I'm a fat eunuch, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Let's talk about last night. We were going over our, our great fantasy baseball invitational teams. Uh, you picking seventh in your league, me picking twelfth in my league. Um, where I guess we were at, yeah, we had both gone through seven rounds uh, in ours. You had just taken JD Martinez, like, and I guessed I called it too because I'm so amazing. Like I should win fantasy baseball leagues just for that. Um, but you picked up JD Martinez, and he went with Austin Meadows. Keston Hira, Randy Azor, Az, Arozarena, 
Raphael Devers, Bobachet, Garrett Cole was your first pick. Um, how's the rest of your team looking now? Yeah, only two picks since then. Uh, round eight, I knew I was going to have to take a pitcher. And, uh, you know, one fell that I do like. So I took Lance McCullers Jr. Uh, in the eighth round. Uh, pretty high on him for this year. Uh, we know injuries have been an issue for him in the past, but a guy that's got that good curve, a good team behind him, certainly is going to keep the whip down. Uh, so, you know, he threw a good amount of innings last year. So I'm not really too worried about it. I mean, we're coming into this range where I don't think you're looking for anyone to throw 160, 170. Uh, but he had 55 innings last year, plus the playoffs, 128 the year before. Um, and his numbers, are, you know, his ERA has been in the high threes. I think he could trim that because he doesn't give up a lot of home runs uh, for his career. His home run rate is 0.71 homers per nine. I mean, that's pretty impressive, especially the last couple of years. I mean, he didn't pitch in 2019 when the ball was flying out the park, but still, um, you know, his whips have been good. 1.16 last year, 1.17 the year before. Um, extreme ground ball pitcher, which is why you don't see him give up those home runs. Uh, he's got three decent pitches. So uh, like McCullers, I think he could stay, take a step up uh, and, you know, was happy to take him there around eight. Yeah, listen, it's a nice one-two punch right off the bat. Garrett Cole, Lance McCullers. You've got a solid offense. You've got some power. You've got some speed. So it's balanced so far. It's balanced. And then come around uh, for the ninth round, you stayed with pitching, but just not a starter. Yeah, this was tough because you, you have to decide, all right, what am I going to do at closer? And um, after the McCullers pick, uh, Musgrove, Joe Musgrove went two picks later. I was considering him as well. But then you saw Brad Hand, James Karinchak. Uh, Ryan Presley, Kenley Jansen all go before me. And I was considering Presley and I was like, damn, there's kind of like one more guy before I see a drop off. And even he has some risk, but I decided to go with him, even though there was a couple pitchers out there that I wanted, actually a couple bats. But I knew I'm like, I kind of couldn't go back there. It had to be an arm. And I decided to go with Kirby Yates. You know, he has the job for Toronto. He's coming off the the surgery. Uh, what they they removed some bone spurs from his elbow, but yeah. um, looks like he's okay, good to go. Um, you know, he was a dominant reliever in 2018, 2019. Uh, you know, didn't pitch much last year, but not really worried about that for a reliever. All I'm worried about is his health. You know, I think he should be able to close. So um, a little bit more risk than some of the other pitchers there. You know, I would have liked Presley. Um, but decided to go with Kirby Yates because I think you'll see probably another round or two with no closers taken is my guess. I got to see. I think the next one is probably Montero would be my guess. Let me see. Well, I don't know. Someone might take Taylor Rogers, Alex Colome, but those guys both are going to get save opportunities. It feels like maybe someone goes Devin Williams, Craig Kimbrell, Montero. So those are like the next guys. So I decided, you know what, let me just take Yates. I think he has the job. And as long as he's healthy, he should be fine. And, you know, we go 30 rounds in this one here also. 30 rounds of a 15-teamer. You know, nothing wrong with handcuffing him to uh, to, to Jordan Romano late in the in the draft, you know? I mean, he's still – he's a good, solid uh, upside pitcher. He gets he has a decent strikeout rate, keeps the ratios uh, fairly low. You got to figure he's probably going to be Yates' primary setup guy. Um, and if you are worried at all that, about Yates and the, the bone spur, I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were like, yeah, listen, uh, you know, I, I've seen pitchers, you know, go through the same thing and, 
you know, they get the, the loose bodies removed or the, the bone spurs are shaved down and they're like back to normal. So I like the pick. I was definitely, I was all in on, on Kirby Yates when he was closing in San Diego. Um, I like the, I like the call there. So again, good balance. Now you got two starters, you got a, a closer there. You got good offense. Um, interesting coming off the board after you, Took Yates, uh, only Pablo Lopez, Julio Urias uh, come off the board at that point. Um, and coming back around here, I mean, it could open you up to hitting that starting pitching again uh, if a lot of these guys, because there's a lot of pitching heavy teams here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they go offense coming around here in the ninth and tenth round. Yeah. And, you know, the. Yeah, the team who took Lopez only had two pitchers, so not too surprising. But you see a lot of yellow on that side. You know, the team on the clock already has three starters. The team after him has three starters and a reliever. Team after him has four starters. Uh, Team after him has three starters. Then you got, oh, wow, someone has Diaz and Iglesias with Nola and Morton. Okay. Um, That could either work very well or be a disaster. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I just can't. There's no way. Like, this is not... This is not a draft champions or best league. There's waivers. Like, I, no way I'm investing in a closer around six or seven. We've seen people double tap before, like in the ends with closers. It usually doesn't end well. It does not end well. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody say that won me my league. Yeah, it just doesn't, man. You know, I don't know. I mean, I felt dirty even taking one around nine, but I'm like, you know what? I, I want to get at least one that is solid. And look, I don't even think you can say you feel solid about any closer this year. You just can't. I mean, we could sit there and say Liam Hendricks, and I took him in that draft champions league on the four or five turn, which is something I'd ever do. But again, draft champions, we can't go to the waiver wire. Um, and Hendricks has had what a year and a half of dominance. We've seen plenty of closers look good for like two years and then just fall off a map. So, I mean, we feel good about him. Sure. Hater. I mean, could he not get every save opportunity? A role this Chapman is solid, but you know what about a role this Chapman, man? The guy's never saved 40 games in a year, man. Like he's, it, it, we know he has the job and we know he's very good, but it's not like, oh yeah, pencil him in for 40 saves. He's never had 40 saves in a season. Yeah, but I mean, again, I mean, obviously you would love to see 40 saves, but you know, I mean, you put the Yankees against so much weak offensive outputs at time. That you know, you, you know that you're not getting a lot of saves. You're not taking you're not taking Chapman because you think he's getting your 40 saves. You're taking Chapman because you know the strikeout rate is high, you know the ratios are low, and it's the job security. Security, like, yeah. He, he's got that job security locked down. So That's should he be important. should he be ranked one at closer? Would you rank him one? Did you? Um, you know, yeah, I kind of would in you know, in in that respect. I think well, I mean, because I feel like he's also he's he's a little bit on the downside. I mean, he's still great. Um he doesn't throw you know, the innings that other closers do. He has not pitched sixty plus innings since two thousand fifteen. Right. So right. he's, he's not going to injuries. He's not going to get I mean, hundred strikeouts like Hater will if he stays healthy. Hendricks should. I mean, Hendricks threw well two years ago. He wasn't. He threw a lot of innings, man. Um, we'll see. That was Oakland though. Oakland was. Oakland has been. I, I've noticed uh, they'll bring in their closers for four or five out saves. Um, but yeah, he had eighty five innings. Hendricks did two years ago. Yeah. But he wasn't the closer the whole year, if I right. He wasn't. No, he took he over not. for Trinan. No, he started off in the yeah. pen. He took he took over for Trinan when yep. I think he got hurt. So he had twenty five saves that year, but he threw eighty five innings in seventy five games. Um, so 
But yeah, I mean, but if he does get, I mean, because uh, Hendricks had 124 strikeouts two years ago. So I guess that's why when people are, are putting in projections, they're putting Chapman from 55 to 58 innings. And your haters obviously going to get more. Hendricks is going to get more, which is why I think you'll see Chapman, you know, two or three or four off the board. But, you know, you could make a case like, well, he's the most he's done it the longest. He's not going to lose his job. And, you know, he's on a team that's going to be very good. So, see, and that's that's the thing. Who are you more confident in holding down the closers job if he hits a, 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 a speed bump? Right. And then. The guy who takes over for him does a good job. Like, are you more inclined to say Araldis Chapman, uh, if he hits a speed bump and they give him a night or two off and Zach Britton is, you know, dominant, are they going to give Britton the job there? Are they going to throw it back over to, uh, you know, to, to Chapman? You know, could you see a guy like Liam Hendricks who just, you know, hasn't been closing for a long time, hasn't been doing this, you know, has been this dominant, you know, early on, you know, I mean, could he, could, who loses the job? Who could lose the job first, him or Chapman? I think it's, uh, I think it's him. I think it's Hendricks. Probably, I think Josh Hader, I think Josh Hader's going to lose his job to Devin Williams. He could, it's possible, or they split. Yeah. I listen, I just, I think with the way that they like to use Hader, um, you know, why not throw him the two innings? Uh, let him handle the seventh and eighth. Let him come in at the late sixth to stop a rally and do that. Boom. You got Devin Williams, whom, you know, you're a little concerned about his shoulder anyway. So why not just leave him for the ninth instead of, you know, the high leverage, you know, you know let him let him pitch the eighth inning. I think that I think Hader suits the team's needs a little bit better there. And I so I think that, you know, that Chapman has a million times better job security than Josh Hader does. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And there's rumors that he could get traded too. Yep. Always the trade rumor. Always the trade rumor. Um, damn, crapping on closers. I didn't want to crap on closers, but I mean, listen, it's tough. My league, my, my league, you know, people are already into the Alex column. A. Like my my league went crazy bananas. Like oh yeah, heavy. damn! I see Kimbrel in the ninth. Wow. Yeah, I mean pitching heavy is ridiculous. Kimbrel in the ninth, Nick Anderson in the ninth. Colome just went in the eleventh. Um, we've completed ten rounds fully, and then we've got three three picks into the eleventh right now. Damn, Yates went in the seventh and yours. I got him in round nine. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> right. So I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. Every draft is different and whatever, but like I'm looking at my team and I'm like, listen, everybody's going so pitcher heavy. We've got there are three of us out of 15 who have only three pitchers. Um, one guy has three starters, two of us have two starters and a closer. Oh no, no, no. Two one has I don't even have a closer. That's right. I took a starter the last time. So I've got three starters, no closer. I, I'm looking at where the closers are going right now, and I'm like. I'm not, I don't want to take fucking Nick Anderson or Craig Kimbrell there when I could, you know, grab better upside with Ramon Laureano. So, I mean, it's it's crazy how the pitching's gone in mine. Uh, last night when we left off, I had just taken Charlie Blackman. Um, I had, uh, and he was joining Freddie Freeman, Walker Bueller, Nolan Arenado, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Zach Wheeler, Jordan Alvarez. And then it was uh, it was Charlie Blackman. And then then, Adam, you got that text from me that, 
Oh, fucking Bender, what the hell's wrong with you? Just make your own mind up here. Um, as I was like, hmm, do I go Buxton? Do I go Dansby Swanson? I need stolen bases, but yet I need the infield. Uh, 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 uh. It was all wishy-washy. Um, you went with the guy who I was leaning towards, and that was Dansby Swanson, uh, who joins the ranks. Buxton went later on in that ninth round, uh, so I didn't have him coming back. But uh, after that, I got Ramon Laureano fell back to me, so was able to grab him. That's a nice outfielder too, especially if he comes back and steals some bases. And then I was, you know, I was obviously I was worried because the guys behind me, no, you know, one team has no outfielders, another team has Cody Bellinger, and then the third team has two outfielders. So I was like, shit, man, I better get my outfielders here before these guys like double tap it, and I end up, you know, having to like have Ryan Mountcastle and and Mike Yastrzemski as my as my next two outfielders. So. Uh, I hit Laureano and then coming back around Julio Urias uh, as my third starter. So I still lack the stolen bases, Adam. I don't have an option for saves, but I'm not overpaying for it uh, in this in this league. Yeah, it comes to a point where you just go, all right, well, um, I'm not paying for it. It would have happened to me if like Yates was gone then I would have just moved on and I wouldn't have gone to close. I would have won a starting pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you take what you, uh, you take what you get. So now moving through all of this, I mean, listen, I think that's, you know, it's solid. It's kind of funny. This is, um, this is a team like I don't normally take, (coughs) which is kind of funny. I mean, I, you know, I I figured screw it. I got to go for the, I knew that starting pitching was going to be crazy. So I knew that, you know, let me just get that one ace and, and hope that Bueller can, uh, lock it down there. Freddie Freeman's definitely my guy. But then after that, it's like, do I go with Nolan Arenado? He doesn't steal bases. I mean, take the upside of Vladdy. You know, maybe maybe that's what it is, man. You were complaining about not wanting to take Jose Abreu, Mister Safe. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm being too safe in drafts, and this one I'm uh, just throwing a little bit more uh, more risk out there. Yeah, I mean it depends. I mean, look, you ultimately want to be kind of safe in the first few rounds and then as it goes on take more risk um but everyone has a different definition of what they think there's some people that just won't take young players like oh i need to see you do it i'm more willing to take a shot on those guys if i feel the talent is there and they have the ability to perform and you know some of them are going to hit like a tatis jr last year and there'll be others where it doesn't work out so you just got to figure out where you are and you know this is an overall contest as well i mean look i want to win the league but it would be nice to win the overall first year I was in it. I was top 10 and you know, the last two years haven't been as good. So, um, you know, it would be nice to take it down, but you got also got to realize it's really difficult, man. You know, there's 29 leagues of 15 to finish first uh, in all of those. You need a lot to break, right? You pretty much need like your first six, seven picks to kind of really hit. And then of course, a couple guys late that break out, especially on the pitching side and then finding guys off the waiver wire. So you just need a lot to go, right? It's like winning a GPP, especially when you're dealing with, you know, strong baseball minds, people. Who, and there are people, this is their only league. I know really? that for a fact. I really? know that for a fact. This is their that, only league? Wow. That, that This is their only league. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I, I was surprised also, especially with how many industry people there are. I'm like, doesn't your website do a, or your podcast do a league now? My home league broke up. This is it. It takes all my focus 
it allows me to to you know zero in on it. Well, well, I don't have that luxury. Uh, I mean, look, I I still play this out, even though there's no money. I I play. I do waivers every single week, no doubt yeah. about it. So even last year, even the years when I'm like, oh, I'm not going to win, I still did waivers every week and put in bids. So I'm not going to let people walk away with a victory. I'm gonna make it difficult for you. See, I'm like that also. Like I'll always, I'll always have a a, a, a full lineup. I'll always, you know, make the waiver claims um, that I need to make. Uh, you know, I, I try not to. But uh, listen, I'm not gonna lie. These last two seasons here for uh, for this league, um, I've just I've done the bare minimum. You know, like I've I've kept the the active lineup and whatever. But you know, it's it's just because I was I was doing too many. Like, you know, I was doing 15 leagues, 15 leagues in baseball. I mean, that's just, it's nightmarish. You know, we talk all the time about wanting to pare down. So, um, so I feel like I, I owe it uh, to this league to make sure that I, uh, that I give it my, uh, my top form here. How about that? Well, you better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, man, if, if, Ah, yeah. Listen, if if uh, Vladimir Guerrero does what he's supposed to do, Walker Bueller's supposed to do what he's supposed to do. If Jordan Alvarez is the uh, is is the big bat, the big swinging dick that he's supposed to be, um, I'm in. I'm gonna need some stolen base. You know, I was sitting there. We were talking to uh, we uh, we interviewed James Click, the uh, GM of the Astros. And one of the guys, what's your what's your thoughts here on uh, on Miles Straw? I mean, he's got the speed. He's not a great hitter. Um, it sounds like he's going to have every opportunity to win this center field job, could hit leadoff. So um, you really have to have a lot of power on your roster if you're going to put him in there because you're just not going to get any power. And where he hits in the order is going to determine the run scored. Obviously, the power in the RBIs are going to be low. Um, and then it comes down to what's the average going to be. We have seen about 100 games at the major league level where he's been kind of mediocre hitters. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, he's, a, he's a Billy Hamilton, right? You know, he's, he's a guy who you, you only have him there. He's a one-trick pony. You only have him there for stolen bases. Um, but when I'm sitting in a situation like I am with my team where I have all the power, you know, Freeman, Arenado, Vlad, Alvarez, even Blackman and Loriano right there, like I have the power. I need the speed. I need the speed in a in a big way, and I feel like that's what's going to happen. So, you know, we asked him today about it, and it was actually kind of funny because you could hear it when he was talking about it because he heard the audio coming back where Miles Straw is saying that he wants to steal 50, 60 bases this year. He wants to lead the league or said, if you turn me loose, I can lead the league. And so, you know, we asked uh, uh, James Click about that. And it was kind of funny because you're right. He is going to give him every opportunity in the world. And it's kind of funny because he's almost like, not in a cocky way, but Miles Straw is basically thrown down the gauntlet saying that, you know, this is what he wants to do and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and, and Click sounded like uh, amused by it, just in the sense of, all right, kid, listen, you, this is what you want to do. We're going to give you the chance to do it. Um, so put up or show or shut up. And, uh, and so I feel like, you know, when you've got that kind of a situation there, um, you know, I, I'll take a, you know, I'll take a shot at him in like the 20th round when, when everybody's scraping the bottom of the barrel, I don't know if he's going to last to the 20th round in a 15 teamer, but 
you know, I've, I took, took some mocks with him or, you know, and looking at him in the FSGA, um, I think, I think somewhere around like the, uh, the 18th, 19th round is where he went. So I might have to look for him here and kind of balance his team. There's no fucking stolen bases anywhere to be had. Uh, there are some, it's just not elite. Where are you looking? Where where are you looking late? I mean, you're looking for guys who what just steal like eight to ten bases. I mean, there's probably going to be a couple that get ten to fifteen. Uh, Victor Reyes is one that could run a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Did you want to elaborate? Give me more. On what? Guys, you look at late in rounds for stolen bases. Um. Let's see. I mean, he doesn't play every day, but John Birdie could get some. Nick Senzel, Garrett Hampson. Nick Senzel, they're talking about him with the full-time center field job now. You believe yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it's all about him staying healthy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, figure, you know, listen, that's just what your following wants to know. They want to know that the guy with the magic wand can offer up some late-round stolen bases. I mean, the I guy, we don't know what his role is going to be, but, but Jimenez from Cleveland. Going yeah, I hear that I they're starting, that they want to start him at short. Yeah, which I kind of found surprising. It, it, I mean, Rosario could be on the bench. I mean, it's a little that's, surprising. That's really, that's what a lot of people have been saying, that Rosario wasn't even the, uh, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a, a key component coming back. It was more of like a, he was like the safety net if Jimenez uh, didn't deliver what Cleveland thinks that he can deliver. Interesting, right? Yeah, and uh, it's reflected in the NFBC drafts that I've seen. That he's going and Rosario isn't. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rosario's going really late. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. So there we go. So Adam sitting there in the, the dregs. Oh, look, the 10th the, the round has started. It's already on its way back to you, Adam. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, you're three picks into the 10th round waiting to make your 10th pick. I am three picks into the 11th round uh, having made 10 picks there. We'll keep you guys updated on it. Adam, last one before I let you go. Did you see Papoose's serial killer uh, on Twitter today? Oh, of course. Definitely. I mean, he's dropping an album every single month for the rest of the year. Then he says he's going to retire. So, uh, yeah, I definitely saw it. Uh, the creativity continues for Papoose. It was very entertaining. If you guys haven't seen it, go to at Papoose online uh, and check it out. <laughs> Between the numbers, the alphabet, the serial... It's ridiculously entertaining how, how like entertaining he is with just like everyday shit. Right? Yeah, he did the Fortune 500 one too, where he had a list of all the companies. In the I world. watched that, right? He, he was like in the lobby and he was looking down at all the, the company names. Yep. Again, there's just not a lot of artists that can do that. Yeah. Great shit. Great shit. Uh, somewhere out there on uh, SiriusXM's app, there's an interview that Adam and I did with Papoose. Um, yeah, a couple of months ago. I think October. Ago. I think it was, was it October? October. Yeah, I believe so. There you go. There you go. Check it out. Look for that. Uh, great shit. All right, Adam. Well, always a pleasure. And uh, 
I don't know. Good luck in the rest of your draft and good luck. You know what? Tomorrow. Oh, do you want to preview anything about tomorrow's uh, labor draft? Are you, are you, do you have a a specific guy in mind that you're like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking bid on this guy and I'm coming home with him no matter what. No, but I'm going to do what I did last year, which was basically um, spend up on four players because it's a 12 team mixed league. So last year I came out with DeGrom, Betts, Lindor and Trout. I'm gonna do the same thing again because it it worked. I should have won, but you know, la- I was in first place pretty much every day except for the last two or three days. Uh, my team just went into a massive slump. Some of my pitchers got hurt or left. The Nelson Lament left the game. Uh, who was the other starter that got hurt? There was a couple guys that got hurt. So I think Clevenger he had come back and then got hurt again. So it just kind of fell apart. I needed a lot to go right to get back, and everything did it. So uh, to me, the plan worked because, uh, again, two months. So uh, I'm going to do that again because it's a 12-team league. There's going to be so many good players that go for cheap. There's going to be a lot on the waiver wire. So um, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, hopefully it works because last year I felt like you know people were not aggressive in their bidding, and that's why I was able to pull it off. I think I got DeGrom at 40 I think Lindor was like 34, Betts was 36, and Trout was like 45, 44, 43, something like that. So that's my plan again. Yeah, if, if memory serves, I was actually on the broadcast and talked about the fact that you came out swinging, and it's for that exact reason. Like, you know, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time, even when you're talking like fantasy football drafts. In a 12-team league, there's depth. And you're going to sit there and it's going to blow your mind when you start looking at how many three and four dollar players like are good quality players sitting there at the end of your auction. So, you know, yeah, don't my, be afraid. I, I know we sucked last year. It was COVID, but I had Mankata for six, uh, Matt Chapman for cheap. So, yeah, it was just like, OK. Um, and then, yeah, I know I had Clevenger, Denelson Lament. Um and I paid for one closer, Roberto Osuna, for 13. Obviously, that didn't work out. So, but I was able to find saves off the waiver wire. Like, was actually kind of, I think I was near the top in saves, uh, just working the waiver wire. So, yeah, that's my plan. I'm going to do the same thing again. So, I expect to come out with four studs. I love it. I love it. So, I'll tell you what, everybody, tomorrow we will reconvene. We'll find out how Adam did in the mixed labor auction draft tomorrow and uh and so you guys will get the uh the blueprint of how to come out swinging against the rest of your league as well so uh again big thanks to all of you for liking and subscribing for adam ronis i'm howard bender catch you next time